Greetings and welcome to Beauty is Eternal, the art of being your best self for women, where we go in depth and under the skin of experts. My name's Caitlin and I'm your host. Today's episode is called Intuitive Healer Natasha Tomei, Queen of the Dragons on Raising Your 12 Chakra Vibration with Angels. With enough strength and grace, one person alone has the power to create changes that ripple across the world. Meditation can transmute energy from negative to positive, and healing can change a painful bleeding wound into a scar with a story, while forgiveness can soften a rock into a river. Natasha Tomei is an intuitive healer, Reiki master, and psychic medium based in Canada. I first discovered her a few years ago through one of her guided meditations on YouTube called Raising Your Vibration with the Angels, which has more than 2.2 million views and counting. She is going to talk to us about how everything is energy, about our human experience as souls, the pain women store in their solar plexus and sacral chakras, guardian angels' roles in our lives, why we actually have 12 chakras instead of 7, connecting to dragons in their realm, and how meditation and healing can transmute energy, just like magic, before our eyes. Natasha has drastically improved my life experience as well as the experience of millions of others, and she did it virtually and without asking anything in return for it. She did it because she created something with love and put it into the universe. She came out of the spiritual closet a couple of years ago. Natasha was a naturally spiritual child who shut down her connection to spirit at a young age only to slowly reopen herself to it after a physiotherapist recommended she see an energy healer for a physical ailment in 2004. She slowly began to embrace a new path, eventually leaving behind a corporate career to help and guide others along their spiritual paths. You can book a one-on-one session with her in one of her many different types of healing sessions at natashatomei.com. Let's get to the interview now. Natasha, thank you for being my guest today. My pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Well, I'm a longtime fan, so this is a very exciting moment in time for me. (laughs) I'm equally honored. (laughs) So you believe, as I believe, that everything that exists and everything that we are is energy. Why is it important to understand this in terms of how we act on a day-to-day basis? Well, I mean, because we are all energy, we emanate our own energy and we pick up other people's energy. So it's really important, first of all, to keep your energy clear and clean and understand that sometimes when you might feel something that's a negative energy, you might have picked it up from someone else. That's why it's important to clear your energy every night in whatever method that you find that works for you. Some people it's meditation, some people, you know, putting sage all over your body, sea salt baths, you know, there's many, many different methods. But it's important to understand that our energy, you know, not just our energy, our physical energy, but our thoughts, our words, our actions, they're also an energy. And I'm sure you've heard of Abraham Hicks, who are always talking about our vibration and it's it's very very true you know whatever we emanate is what we attract so it's really important to keep positive not judging you know you just you worry about yourself you you just be who you are and let other people be who they are and just worry about your own energy and keeping that clear and connected to source that's really beautiful and i guess you know a lot about vibrations you created a guided meditation about raising your vibration Is it that different thoughts and different feelings vibrate at different levels, would you say? Yes, definitely. You know, sometimes if you can feel someone's anger, it feels spiky, spiky energy. 
Um, you know, whereas joy is, is, is such a different energy to irritation and anger. And so every emotion vibrates definitely at a different level. And of course, joy, love, happiness is at a higher vibration. Even say you are in the best mood possible and you go into a room of people a little bit cranky, their vibration will be lifted just a little bit because your vibration is so high, you know, but then it is still their intent that they have to want to also go even higher. Your high vibration will help theirs a little bit, at least like a little, imagine it like a little candle spreading light throughout the room. If there are two people in a room, one is vibrating very high and one is vibrating very low and they kind of interact, will the person with the lower vibration, will they get raised and the person with the higher vibration get lowered? Or would it be a different effect? What does that look like? Well, uh, the higher vibration person will have to really work hard to maintain their high vibration around lower energy. So it's a conscious effort because it's very easy to be pulled back down to buy from a lower vibration. So first of all, the higher vibration person has to still, you know, consciously think, no, this is all good. Everyone has their own issues. You know, I'm going to st I still feel great. I'm not going to be affected by others. Whereas the person who's a little bit cranky or angry, if they're open to it, they might feel slightly elevated by being with someone who's glowing with happiness and joy. But it's also their conscious effort. They have to also think a little bit, well, they're actually quite happy. Maybe, you know, things aren't so bad. And then there's some people who are so closed off, they'll be like, oh, these people, these Pollyannas, I don't know, you know, that <laughs> They're always happy, happy, noisy. So, you know, it's still a constant effort. <laughs> As you were talking, that made me think of different people I know, like maybe one friend group where people are more positive, one group of people I know who are less positive. Do you mm -hmm. think that people are attracted to people of a similar vibration level? or? I do, yes. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. like attracts like. And I find sometimes if I'm around people that maybe about a little bit vibrating a little bit lower, and then we have a, a let's say a dinner together or a meal, and I, f I come out feeling tired because that vibration is, you know, it's an effort to keep yours high among uh, a lower vibration. So yeah, it, and that's why you naturally would gravitate to someone else who's a higher vibration, whereas the lower vib vibrational people, they will go with the same level if that makes sense yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense as you're saying that i'm sort of thinking about different scenarios and i'm like oh okay maybe that's why i feel so good when i spend time with that person or that's why i feel totally exhausted after 30 minutes with that person exactly yeah it's their vibration level i'm reacting to it is yeah you know mm. that's why you find people who like to gossip and there's nothing against them you know i have no judgment here but they congregate together. They tend to be, you know, there's a certain group that will always be gossipy, at least to my friends. And, <laughs> and then um, there's, yeah, others who, it's like what you said, it's you, you feel better with other people and, and other people, mm, not so great. That makes so much sense. And especially if you're listening to this and you think about it in the context of people you know, situations you've been in, relationships you've had, like for me, it's just like things are kind of clicking into place. Like, oh yeah, that it's making a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with our vibration, I mean, we really co-create our reality and, you know, I'm paraphrasing Abraham Hicks, of course, and, uh -huh. and many, many others have, you know, great teachers have said it too, but it really is the power of our, our own thoughts and vibration and words. And, and that's why it's important to keep it clear and, you know, keep yourself clear be mindful of what you watch and listen to, you know, the news, horror movies or scary shows or, you know, just things with a lot of violence and that affects your vibration. So it's, it's important to not just be mindful of who you spend time with, but also what you watch and listen to and read. That makes a lot of sense. And going back to what you said about Abraham Hanks and others having said this before, they might have said this, but you created the best guided meditation of all time for raising your vibration. So I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it's the angels, really. <laughs> Mouthpiece. They must love you. <laughs> oh, this, they love all of us. <laughs> you mentioned in some of your work that we are souls having a human experience. 
Could you expound on this a little bit? Why do we decide to have a human experience? What's the point of it? Well, from my studies and what I've learned and gathered over the years, it, I believe, and you know, other people may have different beliefs, is we are all souls. And the reason to come down to have a human experience is because it's considered the most challenging experience in the universe. Humans are not the only beings in the universe. There are other alien beings or starlight beings, whatever label you want to put. But to come down to earth with being a human, because we have all our emotions, we have our ego, we have our free will, and then still trying to keep that connection to source, to nature, to you know all the beauty and goodness that we have available, it's challenging. And so by a soul choosing to be a human in either one lifetime or numerous, it helps their soul grow. When you pass on from this lifetime, your soul kind of does a soul review. And then every challenge that the soul has had, every interaction is a soul growth. So they move up kind of in their own, you know, back ah. in the, they become elevated. So like, you know, have you heard of Ascended Masters? I've heard of them. Ascended Masters are those who are on earth. They were, they had a human experience. So, you know, people like, um, well, Jesus, Kuan Yin, Buddha, you know, all beings that were humans at some point, they're at that soul level that they're so ascended, so high, that they're now guiding humans who are still on earth and alive at this time. So that's how your soul goes on different higher levels of wisdom, enlightenment, and then, you know, kind of like the privilege to be able to guide humans. Ah, that's really fascinating. Mm. Would it be sort of like, some people say that it is through challenges and through mistakes that we learn the most. So is it yes. sort of like the, our souls wanted to learn a lot? So that's why we took on this, this challenge? Yes, definitely. Our souls wanted to go to the next level on their soul dimension. So yeah, they took it on as, and they usually pick challenging circumstances or challenging life, lives or people who are challengers, um, all to grow, all to learn. And if we don't learn, because you know, sometimes if you attract the same type of experience in your life in this lifetime or the same type of person, that's a challenge. That should be like a little, you know, red light flashing in your, your mind. Like, hey, this is something I need to learn rather than thinking, oh, poor me, you know, I'm such a victim. Why is this always happening? It's better to look at it another way. It's like, okay, this is a challenge. What can I learn from it and overcome it? And then you don't, your soul doesn't have to come back and we keep redoing it because that's, that's also the cycle. If they feel after the transition, you know, from death, if they feel the soul hasn't learned from the challenges, they'll come back into another life to, until they master it. Souls basically having an experience to learn, and you were talking about the ascended masters? Humans who have been on Earth, they've probably had several lifetimes before their sales reach the highest level of privilege to be able to advise humans to impart their wisdom. Because, you know, we all have spirit guides as well. So those are also people who have been on alive. So when you have spirit guides and ascended masters, they understand the human experience. And it's not that the angels don't, but it's a different guidance that comes through because, you know, the angels are at the highest vibration and, and they're all pure love. And then the spirit guide will have been on earth. They'll understand some of the challenges. They might have a bit more practical information. Um, the soul will learn with every incarnation and in the hope that they are gone, you know, they elevate in their own soul dimension afterwards, after every human incarnation. Well, that would explain why there's so much pain and suffering in the world. I think one thing people struggle to come to terms with is, okay, I can understand if I, as an adult, you know, suffer because I've made mistakes, but what about an innocent child, for instance, you know? In that case, there would be the soul chose to have that painful experience to learn what it was like to suffer like that. Would that explain it? Or, yeah, that could be one reason. Or they could have a soul agreement with someone, let's say their parents or a mother or a father, not both. Let's say, as an example, an autistic child. You know, they're actually quite evolved souls. And as an, every autistic child is very evolved. And they're just, they're having trouble on the lower vibration, really. And so sometimes some autistic children come into um, incarnation to teach their parents patience 
or mm-hmm. some other agreement they might have made with their parents because I believe that every soul, every child chooses their parents before birth. And so you choose them either for a challenge or for the support or, or you know, there's some agreement you guys made and, you know, perhaps in another life, the mother was the child and it wasn't a good relationship. And the soul dimension, they agree before birth, before both of their births, you know, okay, this lifetime will balance it out. You know, you can have struggle with me. I mean, everyone's path is so different. I can't, it's a big generalization, but that's an example. But then, you know, wars would is a human thing. So that's created here on earth. I don't know if any soul picked that before incarnation to be in a war, the refugee of war. So it would be sort of like a lot of your relationships are potentially a relationships where you had agreed to it previously, your souls that you would see each other in this lifetime, but a mass event like a war or a tsunami, then if it's so big and okay, tsunami is not man-made or maybe it could be depending on what you think or Chernobyl or something or, Something man-made, massive disaster, then that may not be sort of a soul event. That could be then a human event. It could be a human event. Let's say the tsunami, you know, the big one that happened in Thailand, I think in 2004. Those souls who, who did die, they would have agreed to sacrifice themselves before birth. Ah, okay. So they would have still made an agreement. Yeah. So, I mean, I believe that no one... There's no accidental death, you know, a soul is going to go when a soul is going to go because that's their decision. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to shift a little bit and talk about your childhood. As a child, you were naturally connected to source and then you kind of lost that connection a little bit and then you found it again. Mm-hmm. What has this journey almost to the past been like for you? Well, once I found the connection again, it's been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I had a bad childhood. It's just, you know, I'm an only child. And I guess a lot of attention was on me and and from loving parents, loving and supportive parents. But, you know, when you go to school, kids were making fun of me. If there was, you know, mention of like, oh, there's a dragon or something like that. So, and I don't know if that was really encouraged at home either. So I kind of shut that down. What age was that? Oh, I don't know. I would probably when you start school. So in Canada, maybe five, four or five, six, something. Because if I ask my mother now, I say, well, did I talk about dragons and and angels? And she says, no, you were normal. So (laughs) right that, right, that tells me, okay, so there was, if there was any mention of it, I would have been shut down. (laughs) And you know, no disrespect to her. It's just, that's her path, you know, her life. But anyway, so... Then when I started rediscovering connection to source in the spiritual world, and it was like, it was, it was a progression. It wasn't like, you know, instant. And I thought, oh my God, there's an angel. And then I could talk to them. But it was, you know, I started a Qigong workshop and it felt like something different, something beyond our own dimension. And, you know, I remember her teaching us how to look at auras. I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Can you see someone's aura? Only with my eyes closed. But I remember she was teaching us how to do it with our eyes open. You know, and you have to put your eyes off focus. And I could see now a little bit of an aura, but the colors I have to close my eyes for. But I could see kind of the outline around the person. It's about an cool. inch from the bottom. Yeah. But it's practice, you know, it's total practice. Because the first time I did it, I was like, I can't see anything. It's so frustrating. And oh. But, you know, then I took more courses and I was just taking every course I could find and learning and going to meditations. And as I did more and opened up more to source, then. I just felt everything flowed more, you know, everything in life was, was flowing. I didn't feel as alone. To me, I thought it was amazing and magical that there's a whole other dimension beyond us. So, you know, every, every movie that's, you know, like Princess Bride and every movie that has fairies or magic in it is, it just resonates with me. It's like, yes, that's what it's like. (laughs) And it was a couple of years ago then that you started to, I think as you put it, hope I can use this phrase, you came out of the spiritual closet yes. and became a spiritualist. I knew you from your YouTube channel and previously I couldn't find information about you. So then you sort of put yourself in the public in a, in a big way, right? 
Right. Because before I was, I was had a corporate job, you know, a regular day job, Monday to Friday. And so I made the YouTube channel under White Lotus because I thought I wanted to keep the two separate, you know, the spiritual side, which I was just doing on the weekends and the corporate side was every day. And yeah, so then I decided when my soul just started feeling like dreading going to work on a Monday. And I thought, okay, this is the wrong path. This is definitely the wrong path. And I did, you know, a lot of soul searching and meditation. And I thought, that's it. I'm just going to go full time into the spiritual side. And that's when, yes, I came sort of out of the closet and I changed the, the page to my name. And I, I, you know, I made the Facebook page in my name. And <laughs> tell people and tell my family, you know, this is <laughs> so it was scary. But then I'm just so happy that it, since I did that, I've just, my soul is like, Oh, it breathes easy, you know, there's no dread about going to work or doing any work. I think you mean the Sunday evening stress that many people experience when they know, oh no, tomorrow's Monday. Exactly, yes. I have felt that for years and ignored it because, you know, you think, oh, well, it's, it's living and, and this is what I need to do. But then, you know, you don't. Just, if you should do things that make you happy. And it takes a lot of courage to do that, but eventually, it took me years, but then I finally did it. <laughs> As you made the decision to go from a corporate career to embracing your spiritual career, were there any guardian angels or ascended masters that helped you along the way? Do you have any ones that you're personally very connected to? Definitely my guardian angel because our guardian angels are with us from birth. And then um, I've always had an affinity with, with Archangel Michael and the Archangels. And they're probably because I was introduced to them first as like the spiritual team. And then through different phases of my life, I've had different guides and masters come in. And that's for everybody. You know, as you go through different periods of your life, you'll have different guides and masters come in to help you at that specific time. But your guardian angel is always constant. And I find for myself, Archangel Michael is always quite constant uh, for me. Can you talk a little bit more about guardian angels, what they mean to us and how we can connect to them in our lives? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we're all born with a guardian angel or more, but definitely one. And they stay with us from birth until death. And they're there, they're here to watch over us, guide us. They're always kind of, guiding us with very subtle gentle guidance and people sometimes hear it in their head or through their ears or they feel it so it's different how each guardian angel will connect with their charge with their person but i find the best way to connect is in meditation definitely in meditation to to just be silent and still and relaxed and then you call them in and they have a name so you can ask for their name and then you just have to kind of discern and, and that just takes practice of what's their guidance and what's your own thoughts. When I connect to mine, you know, when I ask, mine is a man, they're asexual, but of course we identify them with human or male or female. And so anyway, mine is a male. And he said how they're with us is, you know, they stand in front, they stand behind, they stand beside us. So they're, they're an energy that is surrounding us kind of like, I guess, if they had wings, because they're energy, so the wings are also a human construct. It, it was almost like they stand behind us and fold us into their wings, trying to kind of keep us on our path, our life purpose and our path. And sometimes we don't pay attention, but you know, they're, they're patient <laughs> and they stay with us. And then maybe late, a year later, they might give you another option to go on a different path. <laughs> so they don't interfere with our free will. So, you know, you have to ask for their help and their guidance, and then they'll give it. Let's say that somebody is about to go, you know, into a dangerous situation, but doesn't know it. How would the guardian angels try and warn them? And if they did, how would they try and warn somebody? You know, the ways of, of heaven is so diverse. You can't really, you know, maybe it might be a car breakdown, stopping someone from going to a certain place, you know, or it might be, Maybe they've lost money because they can't go somewhere. Like think, oh my God, this is a really horrible thing to happen to me. But then if you look at it, maybe down the line, you'll think, oh wait, that was a really good thing that I didn't go there. That person. If it's not our time to go, they will do what they can to, to stop us. And sometimes, you know, we do have free will and we might ignore it and go, well, my car broke down, but I'm going to borrow my brother's car. 
go anyway. Uh -huh. So, so many different ways they'll try and stop us and help us. And we might consider it as an obstacle and a frustration, but it might actually be divine guidance. <laughs> that actually makes me think, how many times in our lives do we actually get guided or something seemingly bad or uncomfortable happens? But actually, there's a whole meaning behind it that we don't know because we can't see the whole line of events that would have occurred had we continued on one path. Exactly, exactly. And that's the whole, you know, to put that back to vibration. That's why everything you look at that might be challenged or sad or anything that's not going well in your life, you know, look at it from different angles and think, well, maybe this is a, a reason that I can't go down that path or that this is diverting me. So yeah, you're right. When you look at it that way, then your vibration doesn't go down to like, oh, poor me and my victim. And, you know, you know, because you're kind of like, okay, speak to me more. And they will. And, you know, the more you open up to get the guidance, then they just pour it into, you You know, angels, guides, ancestors. Well, you know what happened to me today, actually? I've been doing your meditation a lot because I'm kind of obsessed with it. <laughs> and I was actually looking for something and I was getting my jacket out of the closet and I, you know, I put the jacket I was going to wear on and I couldn't find what I was looking for. But as I pulled the first jacket out, another one fell to the ground. I was just about to give up. I was like, well, I'm not going to find this. And then I was like, well, but that jacket fell down. Maybe there's some reason that fell down. And then I found what I was looking for in the jacket in there. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So that's the perfect example of an angel, you know, dropping something into your path you know if books fall or paper falls you know that's another way that they'll talk uh, or talk to you um lights flickering sometimes mm -hmm. a feather in your path a random feather when there's no bird around that's another way that angels will show their presence mm -hmm. it's very exciting if you kind of go through life and then you really feel connected and you believe that you have these connections because mm -hmm. then it gives meaning to a lot of things that might not have otherwise had meaning. And I feel like in our modern times, many people are connected all the time with their phone, but yet they feel disconnected in some way. So if you look at everything as sort of, hey, you're not alone, that's a really empowering way to see things. Absolutely, you hit the nail on the head, you're right. You're not alone. And it takes a conscious effort to remind ourselves of that, because of course you can't see them. Well, mm -hmm. some people can see them with their physical sight, You'll get to feel them as well. Like the meditation I just put online, I think your guardian angel touches you in a certain way. I, so sometimes, you know, you can ask them to say, let me feel your presence. And you might feel a tingle or a shiver. And it's good to remind yourself of that because you're right, when you're alone or when you feel alone and disconnected, that's when the negative thoughts can come in and the negative vibrations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dependent too, thinking, you know, that another human can make me feel better, but it's really, it comes from within. You, you are perfect as yourself and you have all the spiritual team around you to help you. I think if you can go through life feeling that, you will live a happy life. Absolutely. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> I know from myself that the solar plexus, the third chakra, the one just around the rib cage, Mm -hmm. I feel pain and stress in that area, and quite a few of my female friends that I speak to, they seem to feel that in this area as well. So, you know, in your, your meditation, you go through all the chakras. This is the third one. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, because I think it's a very specific female kind of place to feel stress and pain, if you could talk a little bit about that and maybe some ways to help relieve discomfort in that area you're right the solar plexus chakra which is just by your diaphragm so just above your abdomen that's our, our power our, our confidence center so we feel our confidence our willpower there but we also feel our anger our insecurities there if we have arguments with people that's where the cords tend to be so when we have when we exchange a strong emotion with someone whether it's joy anger or resentment there's etheric cords that connect us. And so that's, that's a very common place to be connected is in your solar plexus chakra. It's where we hold our fear as well. So yeah, I totally understand that it gets blocked. So with those emotions, it can get blocked. And so the best thing I, I find is meditation and asking the angels to clear it. And you don't even have to do the whole meditation. You can ask 
For instance, the angel in charge of the solar plexus is Archangel Uriel. And you can ask just him. You can lie in bed or however you do your meditation or in a silent place and say, Archangel Uriel, please pour your light into my solar plexus chakra, clearing it and cleansing it. And, you know, visualize it in your mind's eye that he's pouring golden light, white light, whatever, you know, resonate, white and golden, both, you know, you could start with gold and put white in and then see your solar plexus chakra spinning clear and white and golden and do it as often as you need to. And he will come and he will help as much as you can, as much as you ask him. Another way is also if you are in a stressful or tense situation, you're arguing with someone and someone is attacking you verbally, you can put your hands in front of your solar plexus like this just to block their cords. But if someone is verbally abusing you or attacking you or just in any way sending any negative emotions towards you, just put this in front of your solar plexus to protect it. I would also, if you can't do a salt bath, I would rub some salt over it just on your, your abdomen to clear it at the end of the day. Salt, angels, sage, you can also put sage in front of it. But it, it takes constant vigilance. You know, I can't say that you're going to do this and then it will never block again. It's, mm -hmm. it's a control of our emotions, definitely. And it's linked to, for females especially, it's linked to our lower chakra, which is the sacral chakra below mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That's our reproductive organs. That's our femininity. Mm -hmm. That's our creativity. Usually when one chakra is blocked, it's affecting the energy flow to the other. And so I would ask to do both. I would actually, if you do your solar plexus to clear with Archangel Uriel, I would also ask Archangel Gabriel to clear the sacral chakra, especially women. Definitely. That's such great advice. Yeah. Because I know it's a lot of friends and women I know. I think maybe it also relates a bit to menstrual pain that these two areas really where you feel the most stress and pain. And you actually reminded me of something. This is fairly personal, but maybe it will help someone else to hear it. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was younger and I went through a very stressful time. I was probably 12. I used to always wear a seatbelt and I always used to put it here and put my hand there in that time period. Maybe in some way I was trying to protect myself actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you unconsciously put your hand somewhere, then it's your soul inside, your higher self telling you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. guiding that. It's unconscious to your ego brain, but it's, it's conscious to your soul. <laughs> so one way that you can help the solar plexus then is to pray, to, to speak to Archangel Uriel. And another way is to do a meditation. And for instance, a guided meditation. Yeah. How do meditations actually help us connect to our higher selves? How does that work? Well, when we meditate, we calm our minds, we calm our, or we relax our body, and we're in a complete state of receptivity. So normally, you know, we are, our ego mind keeps us tense and alert, and, and it's like a survival mechanism, you know, even though we're not cavemen anymore, you know, fight or flight, but we tend to be a little tenser in our day-to-day you know, minute to minute life. And when you meditate, you know, you relax your body, you breathe deeply because breathing is a great thing to re to relax yourself, a great method. And then you're also calming your mind. And so you're opening yourself to the other dimensions mm. where then they can send in messages and healing. And, you know, they can send healing also when you're not meditating, but it's better to be in a receptive state because you can, you can receive more, you know, because oh. if you're, let's say you're on the subway or something and you're like oh okay Archangel Uriel like I need some light in my solar plexus chakra you're still a little tense because there's people around you and you might think oh this is weird and people might think I'm weird <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you do it at home lying down you're completely relaxed and completely open and so he can access you even deeper and that explains it and that's why if you normally try and connect to an angel the communication won't be as strong as if you do it when you're in a relaxed state because you can receive more. It's not that they're giving more, it's that you can receive more. Yeah, you're opening yourself up more. Mm. And you know, a lot of people don't feel comfortable meditating just without a guided meditation. And that's why guided meditation is good because then if someone is really stressed and, you know, they can't sit still, but if you're listening to someone do a guided meditation, you can, it helps you focus on the voice and that should help them at least relax it for a few minutes you know 
but some people they relax that way with music you know so everyone is different you know they don't have to meditate if, if music makes them relaxed and open then go do that as well or hiking or you know whatever whatever works with someone someone taking a bath as you talk Natasha I'm getting like flashbacks to your guided meditation because I'm so used to hearing your voice in it because I do it so much (laughs) you hear something and I think I'm like starting to get hypnotized because my brain is used to being (laughs) that state (laughs) in in this meditation that I'm clearly obsessed with you actually go through the 12 chakra system versus what many people are aware not everyone so you know many people are aware we have seven chakras or energy systems flowing through our body but it's not as common knowledge that there's actually chakras around us can you talk a little bit about that and what motivated you to do a meditation with all the 12 chakras sure well that was when I was studying Diana Cooper's books. Um, I don't know if you've heard of her. She's a British author who writes a lot about angels and unicorns and the spiritual realm. That was where I first studied and learned about the 12 chakras because she wrote about the ascension process and Atlantis and various spiritual topics. So when we were, for instance, in Golden Atlantis, we were all vibrating at a high vibration. There was none of the challenges and things that we have today. So all of our 12 chakras were vibrating at that level because we were completely open. Everyone had clairvoyance, you know, there was no lies and, and, you know, it was was just an open community. And then at the fall of Atlantis, which is when, you know, one of the priests had, they had a motive for their personal gain. And that was what everything just started going downhill. So at that point, five of our chakras shut down. And so we only had the seven to continue onward, yes. So everyone's vibration dropped, so five of the chakras just closed. And that's why, you know, we have the seven main ones, and that's what main, a lot of people only talk about the seven. But as we all raise our vibration, and Earth herself is also raising her vibration now, and, and, you know, we're getting cosmic help to do that. But as each of us also raise our vibration, we awaken our dormant five chakras. That's so cool. yeah, it's amazing. And and by awakening those five, it's raising our vibration just by that, you know. And then, of course, our thoughts and our words and our actions and, and what we do and say and feel also contribute to that. So that's that was the background behind the 12 chakras. But of course, there's more. I mean, there's chakras in the palms of your hand, there's chakras in your elbow, you know, there's, there's tons which I haven't really studied, so I can't really comment on those, but I know those those main 12. Um, I I wrote a book about dragons, and there's also dragon chakra, which so makes it 13. It's it's above your heart, but below your throat. Uh So it's like right there. That's the Mm -hmm. dragon, which, um, you know, if you you touch it or open it through meditation, it connects you to the dragon realm when that is open. It's so incredible that a meditation like yours that's maybe 36 minutes, I think, can transmute energy. I can go into it feeling stressed, anxious, and at the end, I'm just like blissful. It's so amazing that it can transmute energy. Is is it actually raising my vibration? Is that why I feel so much better at the end versus the beginning? Absolutely, yeah. So First of powerful. all, we're in the relaxation process, and then really, it's angel work. It's not me. So it's like bringing in angelic energy, and you know, to bring in its ten archangels and their energy, it's phenomenal to <laughs> that through our body. It opens up your chakras, it clears them. So right away, you're like, imagine almost like you're levitating, you know, and and that's what it does. That it's that energy from the higher realms mm. that is always available to us. And we just, like you said before, you have to open yourself up, be receptive to receiving it. I think it's a little bit like some people want to find love or find a partner. And the problem is not that they can't give love, but it's hard for them to receive love. So yeah, some of us can give, but receiving is super hard. So if you're not open to receiving, then it's hard for you to connect to somebody. They might want to give you it, but you somehow try and block it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or you might attract the person who's also not giving the, uh, mm. or not receiving the well, you know, so it can be a, a very tumultuous relationship. Mm. If you both have that, you attract that same person. That's why, um, and not to quote Abraham again, but you know, there's a lot of very, very important things that Abraham says. Sometimes when you break up from a relationship, 
And, you know, then you think, oh, I want to be in another relationship right away. And, and they always say, no, you're not going to attract the same person. You know, you broke up for a reason and you need to first heal yourself. You need to clear your own heart, whatever the issues were, you know, and so that you attract the right person for you and that person vibrating in the right same place as you are. Mm, that makes so much sense, actually. And actually, now that you bring up giving and receiving, um, I find a lot of females, too, in their sacral chakra, which is the abdomen, they give so much. They give as mothers, they give as wives, they give as girlfriends, and they just give, give, give. And mm -hmm. a lot of them have trouble receiving. And so that mm -hmm. chakra gets imbalanced because mm -hmm. they want to take care of everybody. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful mothering nature, you know, but and nurturing. But they have to also remember to receive, too, to stay balanced. Because if you just give and give, eventually you're empty. If yeah. you give everything away, you need to balance it, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's Is that something you help some of your your clients with? Mm -hmm. Balance yeah. their energy system. Definitely. Yeah. Because if you give, like a chakra, well, if it gives too much, it's kind of open too much, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. the chakra can be closed like this because it's not receiving and that's what we hope to do with every session is we open the chakra first we clear them because it's the first thing we should do is clear them of anything that shouldn't be in there and then balance them yeah balance them back to the right size the right spinning and and people always ask how often do you have to do it and it's really up to to you how do you feel is the right time and what's going on in your life mm. it's how well you can maintain your energy and your emotions and you know stressful time always calls for more sessions so it's yeah, it really depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Having someone else help them would probably be very helpful for someone who, like some of my friends or myself, maybe we are better at giving than receiving, than having someone else give you that kind of attention. Maybe it's a way of like um, overcoming the blocks you have to receiving and getting, getting help on a different level. Of course, yeah. And because it, sometimes if you have trouble receiving love, it can be linked to the solar plexus, which you mentioned before, which is where you might hold feelings of unworthiness or, you know, not specifically you, but, you know, that's, that's tied, of course, to the heart. And if you're feeling low self-esteem, sometimes that blocks you to receive love because deep down, maybe not consciously, but deep down, you might be thinking, I don't deserve it. So, you know, that's a block itself. So that's what you try to clear open. Yeah, and I've had to do a lot of work on my sense of self-worth and self-esteem also. I think that's definitely linked to it for me. And at least half of my female friends, I have a lot of friends, and at least half of them have something similar or have dealt with something similar. Yeah, yeah, I think we all, we've all dealt with that, you know, low self-esteem and, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, thing we work on it. And, you know, we, I think we should be so grateful that we realize that this is an issue, you know. Yeah. That's and that there's so many tools to help us combat it. Very, very true. You mentioned dragons briefly, the dragon chakra, which I never heard of before. You've also written a book on dragons. Can you talk a little bit about dragons and what they mean to you? Because I know they're also something very important for you. They're very important, yes. Ever since You're I the real life Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny because I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I only, I like just watch those episodes with her and her dragons. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, ever since I started communicating with dragons, I feel like they're my new friends, my companions, my guides. So the way it came about was, you know, I'm, I'm just communicating with angels pretty regularly in my meditations and in my own personal, you know, ones when I would connect. And then I started to see in my mind's eye dragons coming in. And I would first think, oh, that's really weird, and just ignore it. <laughs> human in their self-doubt always. <laughs> I would think, oh, I'm imagining a dragon. And even though I know better, but I still was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then I was working with one of um, my teachers, and she said, you know, there's a dragon swirling around your head. <laughs> and she goes, yeah. And I was like, huh. And so then and I started to like consciously connect with them the next time I was in meditation. And yeah, it was like I opened a door and it was like all these dragons are coming in. They all have things to say. So, I mean, I was still working in the corporate world at that time. So I would only connect on the weekends. And one of them said, you should start writing this down. So I would write down a little bit, which may be a page at a time or a paragraph. 
And then after a while, I thought, you know, I'm going to put this into a book because they're giving information where they come from, why they're here, how they can help us. And I kind of just compiled all those little bits and pieces that they were channeling to me into this book of how dragons can help us because they were with us before, way, way back centuries ago, and then they withdrew. And then now they're just ready to come back and help us as another member of our spiritual team. So, you know, I have a meditation on the YouTube channel of how to meet your personal dragon. And that dragon is with you, just like your guardian angel, to guide you, to, you know, help you in any way that you need. Mine is personally a fire dragon because I'm a fire sign. What's your sign? Um, Sagittarius. (laughs) But, you know, a Pisces might have a water dragon Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or, or... earth dragon, air dragon, but then there's also dragons of healing. So I've started working with dragons to do healing. They bring in a golden energy, um, which is like a very heat. I I get very hot anyway when I do that healing. And it works on the uh, meridian system of a person's body. And now I find I have such a close connection with the dragons. Like I can just not even, I don't even have to be in a relaxed state anymore to communicate. You know, I can just think or ask a question and I can feel a dragon energy or, or, you know, the, the, the answer will come into my head and I've just, it's opened my eyes to a whole new other exciting spiritual realms. So I'm really, I, I even got a, a tattoo of a dragon, my dragon. Wow. Yeah. I feel a very deep affinity and I, and I do, they've told me I've had a past life with them back when they were visual on earth. So they the used dragons. to exist in real life and now they are no longer in the real world but they're in the spiritual world? Yeah, they're etheric. So they're like angels, etheric beings, still coming from source. But yeah, they stay in their realm and their dimension. The elementals are a little bit closer to us because obviously we're, we're closer to the elementals. But then it's not just the elemental dragons. There's so many other ones. But yeah, right now they're not as a physical manifestation. No, I'm not sure. I keep asking, are you going to come back and I don't get a straight answer but you know that's sometimes how the spirit world works we only are told we need to know at the time (laughs) (laughs) what is the difference between the energy of an angel and the energy of a dragon how is it different if I want to communicate and ask guidance how would I know which to ask is it what I feel what's the difference yeah the first thing I would do is connect with each one of yours first your, your guardian angel and your personal dragon get their names and it's kind of like yeah what you feel I feel that dragons are not aggressive because that's just a bad connotation but they're they're stronger and for instance if you wanted to clear a space or clear your energy I would ask your dragon to do it because mm-hmm. such a high vibration it can only go so low oh I can go at the lowest darkest energy and clear it for you you would call dragon to do that um you know so they can go deeper where angels can't so if it's like some heavy stuff i would ask for the dragon or even both you could ask both you know there's no limit to how much help you can ask for that's so cool i never thought about that about how dragons could maybe reach levels that angels can i've never worked with dragons before i really have to try your meditation and figure yeah. out who the dragon is. And it's a short one. I think it's 12 or 13 minutes. So it doesn't take too long. And, and once you get his name or her name, um, and then you can just, as you go to bed at night, you could say, call your dragon's name and, and talk. And, you know, it's, it's up to you how you want to communicate with them. But I had a friend who just recently connected with his dragon. And now he keeps sending me pictures of all the dragons he sees in his life. <laughs> you know, as art and as a fashion designer has put a whole dragon range out and he was like really is this a coincidence i'm like no it's not a coincidence they're telling you okay now you know about us start communicating in your time now working as a healer what's the most amazing case of healing that you've ever seen particularly if there's someone listening who feels like they might be in a hopeless situation Maybe they could get some hope from healing, hearing how someone else was able to be healed. That's a hard one because so many people have had such great experiences. I had a friend who was having trouble getting pregnant and she came for a session and we unblocked all her chakras. 
and I'm not saying I'm the one responsible, but <laughs> and she had, she was doing her medical treatments on the side, but you know, and, and she had a baby after that. So I think that was a pretty major thing because she was quite blocked up on various parts of her body that we cleared. And that was one that was, I thought was amazing. Not that I'm taking credit for it, but I think it helped, you know, I think everything yeah. could judge medical health. And I've had clients who've come in with such a heavy energy that they're, their shoulders are bent forward, you know, and I could feel it. I feel sick when they would come in just from the energy, not from them, you know, but, and then after a few sessions, they're standing taller, they're almost glowing, they're brighter. They're like, oh, I want to go dancing. And, you know, just their, their whole attitude and I guess their aura, their vibration, it's all just raised and they're just in a lot happier place. I'd have to say a lot of the healings are emotional that I see and vibrational that they become lighter and happier and freer, you know, not feeling so tied down. And when you perform these healings, you do not become then doused in the pain or suffering of what you've cleared, correct? How do you protect yourself? With angels, angels and dragons and crystals as well. I mean, I always protect the space that we're both in with crystal grid, crystal grid. And then, um, I ask, I put my own protection on with the angel's help and the dragon's help. And then I do clear myself after the day of work, you know, with, with sage, with the sea salt bath, with a walk in nature, you know, it's a constant vigilance, but mainly I call in my spiritual team to help. Much easier sometimes if we don't have to do things alone. Like what we were saying earlier, if you do everything on your own, life is pretty hard, but if it, you get help... Definitely, you know, it takes such a, a burden off with all our help, the help we have. Yeah. What kind of projects do you have coming up, Natasha, that we should look out for? Well, I'm working on another dragon book, but I'm not sure when that will be done. <laughs> but more short term, I'm going to go to Costa Rica for a while and hold some retreats there. And I'm working on putting more and more meditations online. I'm going to start a podcast, putting the meditations available on that. That's a great idea. I kept getting suggestions to do it. And that's also a way that the angels talk to you is through other people. So if you hear things three times or more in a loving way, you know, oh, like, okay, this is a message. So I've been hearing it now several times and I've been ignoring it. So I'm definitely going to put my meditations on a podcast. Well, that's perfect because if you're... For instance, on a plane or something, you're not going to play YouTube, but you want to listen to a podcast, and it's yeah. a perfect place to meditate. Exactly, yeah. You can't do anything else. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing is the podcast I'm working on now. And um, What's, you know, Does it have a name? Not yet, no. <laughs> I've, just, I've just been transferring the files over to audio. I've been putting them on SoundCloud to start, and that's all I've done so far. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Are there any other projects coming up? Every session I do, other than working with this crystal bed I have, is it can be done remotely so I can work online with people. I'm going to bring more dragon energy and dragon, how can I put it, knowledge through. So I guess that's, that's something I'd like to let people know, you know, the dragon healing mm -hmm. that I'm going to start doing more and more. Because in the past, I've just been doing angelic healing, Atlantean healing, Reiki. I'm going to bring more dragon healing in and their, and their wisdom in. So eventually, and I don't know when, I'm going to make my own dragon oracle cards. Amazing. I love that idea. That's all in the long-term plan. <laughs> what is the best part about being a healer and what is the most difficult part? The best part is helping people, honestly. Just seeing people change and seeing their energy change and them telling me how their life has changed or how their feelings have changed is the best part because it just, it fills me with this love and happiness. And even some days, you know, when you wake up and you think, oh, I feel crampy or I feel, you know, not good. And after I have one session with, with someone and all this angelic and dragon energy is coming in, I get healed as well, you know, because <laughs> I get like, you know, kind of like a, bounce of that energy onto me <laughs> amazing and and I really do all want to I want to help people you know because I see some suffering and struggling and and you know even as simple as you know not finding the right partner or people just being depressed 
you know, and I just honestly want to help people. I want them to open up to the spiritual realm and all the help we have out there. And then that makes me just so happy. That's the best part of being a healer, to open their eyes, their minds, their worlds to it. The difficult thing, I guess, is the constant vigilance to keep my own energy clear, my house clear, my healing room clear. Um, you know, I have a friend who's a healer and he said, you know, someone should create a spiritual security team. <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, but that's the angels. And he's like, yeah, but it's still, we are doing the energy. You know, you should hire them. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, so it's it daily. It's, it's in the morning and the evening just to keep our energy and the space clear, which is not such a big thing. You know, it's just time, time and, and our own energy to do it. But otherwise, it's pretty great to do this work. Um, even though sometimes, you know, people don't understand it. You know, you get to that point where you're like, oh, well. <laughs> it doesn't bother me if they don't understand it. I give out the information, like to family, for instance. I've given out information, and I used to get upset, or you know, if they didn't take it on board, or they didn't say yes, give me a healing session. And now I'm like, okay, you know, I've given it out, and it's up to you whether you want to do it. And I'm pretty mm -hmm. zen about it. And that's the best way to be, I think, with everybody. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. information and those two want to take that step forward then you just you welcome them and of those who don't you're like okay when you're ready and that's also respecting their free will because exactly. you're not trying to impose what you want and what you think you offer to them and if they decide they don't want it then you have to respect their choice to an extent exactly and everyone's at, is at a different path in their life you know some are open to it now some might need a few more years or you mm -hmm. know whatever, something to happen and then they'll realize or come forth it's up to them their free will when they want to come and into this kind of healing and, and lifestyle and and worlds well you helped heal me i never <laughs> met you before we did this interview interacting with you now but you helped my life dramatically so. i'm so happy to hear that you know just I'm sure like, that the world is in a fabulous mood the whole day today because oh, like, oh God, i helped this is what your meditation does for me. Like, I'm just in a fabulous mood after I do it. Like, I feel so good. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Good. That's what it's supposed to do, you know, help out everybody. And that's why I also put on YouTube and not, you know, for a fee or anything like that. I thought I just wanted to reach as many people, all the meditations. You know, I'll reach everybody. I thought of one more thing I want to ask you. I noticed that when I do a lot of meditation and I'm in a very positive state, I'm actually more sensitive to negative energy. Is it yeah. because my vibration's higher, so I notice negativity quicker? How does become, that work? Well, you become more sensitive in general. So you'll become more sensitive. Mm -hmm. As your how vibration is higher, you're more sensitive to people's emotions, negative energy, mm -hmm. lower energy. So you're just kind of, you become more uh, sensitive to other dimensions, you know, the spiritual help. So yeah, it's quite normal. And that's why it's important just to just, keep your vibration high. You can sense the negativity and if you can remove yourself from it, that's great. If you can't, then I would ask Archangel Michael to place mm -hmm. an energetic protection around you mm -hmm. to not absorb someone else's mm -hmm. energy. And it's not that people know they're giving it to you, you know, willingly. They're just, you know, our auras are around our bodies. So especially in a crowded place, we can't help but intermingle auras and others' energies. So I would ask for angelic protection. That's great advice. <laughs> every day, every morning, I, I ask Archangel Michael to give me protection. And, you know, it lasts about a few hours. So you, you can always ask him to top it up at lunchtime. <laughs> I would recommend that to everybody. Ask your angels, ask Archangel Michael to give you energetic protection. You know, even ask Archangel Raphael to protect you. If someone is sick in your environment, you know, it's coughing and sneezing and, you know, has cold. You can say, you know, wrap me in a cocoon of protection against all germs. They're there to be asked for help. We just have to ask them. We can ask them for really anything, actually. Yeah, anything. Really anything at all. You know, you could ask them for a parking space. You could ask them to clear energy. You could ask them, I don't know, let's say you're waiting for something in the mail. You could say, angels, can you bring that to me quicker? <laughs> help me help me receive that that check in the mail quicker you know really anything nothing is too small or too big for them <laughs> that is a really beautiful way to wrap up our interview today but mm -hmm. before i let you go i have 
three final questions for you. So this okay. is not specific to you or what you're doing. I just ask all my, my guests to mm -hmm. compile a list sort of of really good information, of advice from people who are very smart. <laughs> <laughs> what is one book that you recommend everybody read? I think it should be The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's short, it's simple, he explains things clearly, and it's just a nice way to live your life. Basically, he, he advises and he explains the background, how people should live their lives. So the four agreements is one, um, don't take anything personally. Mm -hmm. Don't, then you don't have any resentment, you don't have any anger, you're just like, I'm me. Be impeccable with your word, which means mm -hmm. no judgment, gossip. Yeah, I actually have that book, but I accidentally bought the mini version. I thought I was ordering the book. And I was oh, like, oh, the price for that's really good. And then I got the, the tiny one. It's so what's in the cute. tiny one? It's just the... It's the four agreements, but it's very brief. It's like meant to be a small gift you can give someone. It does list them. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions, because that's mm -hmm. another thing that causes problems. And always do your best meaning you can, you know every day is you have to do your best to do the first three because it's not easy i mean there's so many books i've read but that book is so simple and short and sweet but i think it's a really good way to live your life everyone should because then i think we'd all get along better too everyone would follow those agreements i think those are great guiding morals great guiding ethics mm, me too what is one way that you use to manage stress? I think you've mentioned a couple of things that you do to make you feel better. Meditation's a big one, but sometimes mm -hmm. I think what works even better if I'm really stressed or, or agitated is to just go walking alone in nature. It really clears my mind and calms me down. And I just come back like a different person sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be long. It could be half an hour, an hour, um, but it really, really helps me handle stress. And it also makes me realize, wow, we really are connected to nature. You know, <laughs> it has such a positive effect on us. So yeah, that would be one way besides meditation. Those are both great things. Yeah. <laughs> and what about one place in the world that you love the most? Well, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say two places I found really spiritual in my yeah. recently? Um, in 2016, I went to Mount Shasta in California. I've seen a picture of you there. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. 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 I was I, when I was when I was searching for you, I, I found a picture of you there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. That's when I also connected a lot with dragons there. I just found it such a spiritual place, the mountain itself. It was phenomenal. And Sedona, the same thing. There was some incredible energy in Sedona. Lots of dragons too. And both of those places I thought were amazing. I've never been to either, but now I have to go to both. <laughs> you do, you do. It's just, and you know, I went to both because I thought, I don't know, I just, it's calling to me. I got to go there. <laughs> and, and also I think I read that I think that Mount Shasta is, is Archangel Gabriel's kind of portal. Mm. Um, I met a shaman there and she was channeling St. Germain, who's one of the Ascended Masters. So it's, it's just an amazing place. So I would highly recommend you go there. And you're American. <laughs> that is true. I am American. <laughs> but I'm so far away. I'm in Germany. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Natasha. It was like, the most magical thing for me to speak to you and hear your voice in person because I've, I keep saying this, but I've obsessively listened to your meditation so many times and it's brought me so much joy and peace and calm and positive feelings in my life. It's helped me through a difficult situations. So first of all, I'm so grateful to you for creating that and sharing that with the world. And you're just an amazing person. Just talking to you is been just such a delight no oh, thank you thank you so much for reaching out to me and, and for sharing that how much the meditations helped you so i'm really happy to hear it. well you. after the story about seeing the picture of you at mount shasta you probably mean stocking <laughs> yeah, i was like trying to think what picture but i'm like okay i'm pretty sure i was on your website or i was looking for more information or something and i, I i'm pretty sure maybe i'm wrong but 
you know, no, it could very well be. Yeah, you never know. Once it goes on Facebook, you know, it's out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Natasha. And we're looking forward to hearing more about you and hearing your podcast. And maybe you'll see me at one of your retreats if I'm lucky soon in Costa Rica. Oh, yeah, I hope so. We'll definitely stay in touch. Okay. Thank you. Bye. On her website, natashatomei.com, spelled out N-A-T-A-S-H-A-T-O-M-E.com, you can sign up for a number of different sessions with Natasha, including healing and balancing the body energy, angel card reading, inner child healing, mediumship, space clearing, and crystal bed therapy from Brazil. She also offers workshops and retreats. Naturally, you can find her guided meditations there, as well as on her YouTube channel called Natasha Tomei. Go to YouTube and search for N-A-T-A-S-H-A-T-O-M-E and you will find her channel. I am putting the links to various courses and meditations in the notes on beautyiseternal.com so you can reach all of these places there as well.